of the Mythos Mystery Society presents Chapter 3 of the Lang Fu Saga. Uh, we are taking a slow boat to China, just like that one song. Uh, and uh, with us tonight, we only have uh, a couple members of the original crew of uh, uh, Lang Fu Saga, but we have a couple new characters coming into the mix as well, so that'll be fun. Uh, I am Dave, I'll be your keeper tonight. Um, we... <laughs> <laughs> Emma tried to say nipple, and now I have to allow it on Twitter. <laughs> um, Alright, so, uh, 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 I'm Dave, I'm your keeper tonight, and I will be running the scenario, and I'm gonna throw it on up to Ty, because he's the only returning character to survive the previous episode of Lang Pusa. <laughs> I, I, I am Ty, I am, uh, playing original Hannington the Fourth, the, uh, the returning member after the events of the Trail of the Beast my uh, compatriot and friend and I'm gonna throw it to Chris well I'm uh, Chris I'm a playing here Max Wessel I'm a fast talking smooth talking man from uh, just from around town I'm a business associate here of Mr. Reginald and uh, I'll tell you what this man's got a lot of money and I've got a great business opportunity for him I want him on the ground floor here I'm here to make this man a lot of money so throwing it over to Chase a brand new person <laughs> coming into the Ling Fu Saga Hello, uh, my name is Chase. Uh, I'm from, uh, you can catch me over at Priori, where I run Cold Suns uh, and also participate in a lot of the programming that they have there. I'm playing William Cartwright. I am a uh, doctor of dubious morals. <laughs> That's a way to do it. Alrighty, and with that, we shall begin. It has been two months since that fateful week in December. Two months since Everett Breckenridge, Louis Stevenson, Wink Bogswan, Reginald Hemington IV, with Shane and Lei Wu, thwarted the Cult of the Beast in San Francisco. Stopping Lang Fu's West Coast branch came at no small cost, however, as it ended up taking the lives of Henry Francis, Shane, and Louis in the process. Thinking they could cut off the head of their enemy, all they merely managed to do was pull a tooth. The beast still had bite. Lei Wu had connections in Shanghai and vowed to get revenge for his brother, asking anyone who would join him. Reginald Hemington IV, no stranger to danger, agreed to hop on the next boat to China with Lei. Everett and Wink, however, did not want to be on a boat for ten days after the events of the ferry ride, instead deciding to fly to Everett's secluded home in Switzerland, waiting for a more opportune moment to strike. Which brings our saga here, to San Francisco's Pier 42, a nice breezy February morning. A loud foghorn sets the scene as we see crowds of people lining up at the docks at about 10 a.m. The SS President Coolidge, the largest passenger ship that will ever be built in the United States, although not all that big by European standards, begins loading its tourists, bureaucrats, business owners, immigrants, and workers, as well as cargo into its awaiting chambers. Unbeknownst to these patrons, however, is that something sinister is stowing away. For the next ten days, they will be drifting across the Pacific on a slow boat to China. Saturday, February 5th. Our story begins with William Cartwright. He's in line to board the SS President Coolidge. Unfortunately, you weren't able to get a more luxurious ticket and ended up in line for third class. While third class isn't the poorest class, that's steerage, it's certainly where more common folk end up. People in line range from wearing nice suits to casual clothes. Some no manners, and others seemingly don't. Uh, Chase, go ahead and describe William for us, what he's doing as he's walking up this gangway, P-42. 
people lined up on either side of him. You can see cargo being lowered onto the ship and seagulls flying over on this nice, brisk February morning. Uh, uh, yes, <clears throat> William Cartwright, uh, he is a man of, I would say, medium build. He is approximately five feet and 11 inches tall. Uh, he's has a quaff of hair, and while the outfit that he wears appears to be a better class, if you look very closely, you can see it is somewhat threadbare. In one hand, he holds a leather doctor's bag, and he has a, a very thin, round set of spectacles upon his face, and his hair is slightly frumpled. There you go. You've been eavesdropping on a conversation in front of you, for lack of anything better to do. A drunk man talks to someone who appears to not care for the conversation. The drunk man has an arm around a woman who's holding him up, and she looks embarrassed. And as you accidentally lock eyes with him, he perks up and says, Ah, no, there's a man who can sing a tune. I'm Shad Peterson, and I'm having a good time. Are you having a good time? Well, Shad, you seem to have gotten a head start. I'm not even on the ship. No, not Shad. 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 Shad Peterson. And is uh, the woman holding him up leans in and just goes, "This, this is my fiance. I'm terribly sorry. He's a mess right now. He gets like this because we're 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 about to have a really good time on this cruise. His name is Chad Peterson. Chad, honey. Oh. <laughs> He's Chad. Oh, yeah. That's what I said. Well, uh, perhaps uh, he should imbib a little bit of water. It seems like the spirits have uh, gotten to his head. Oh, what are you a doctor now? All of a sudden, you're my. And in fact, I am. Oh. Hey, honey, you should tell him about that thing you have. Oh, we're not gonna, we're not going into this right now, Chad. Uh, I'm terribly sorry about this, Mr. Uh, have, uh, what's your name, sir? Cart Cartwright. William Cartwright. You can call me William. William? Oh, nice to meet you, William. Are you going on this cruise for business or pleasure? Well, I would have to say, uh, academic interests. Oh, that sounds mighty interesting. And then Chad just goes, Don't you be trying to take my wife from me. And Virginia, or the, the girl holding him up, just goes, uh, Soon to be wife. I'm I'm Virginia. We're, we're, we're going to be married in China. And that's why we're on our way up there. Oh, exquisite. It's been a pleasure meeting you, sir. Uh, we'll, we'll, perhaps we'll see you on the boat in the future. And maybe Chad will dress himself up a bit more. Oh, yes, of course. I look forward to seeing you on the ship. Alrighty. And then, uh, with that said, Virginia kind of takes Chad a little bit away from you, to, even though Chad clearly still wants to drunkenly keep talking to anybody that's coming in front of him. He immediately, he's, he looks a little sad that he's, like, leaving you, and then he immediately locks eyes with somebody else, and he goes, Ah, there's a man who can sing a tune as he's being dragged away. Um, can, can William tell, does, uh, does Chad seem to be, like, legitimately intoxicated from alcohol, or does this seem to be the effect of anything else? Uh, yeah, he's definitely just drunk on, on alcohol. He's been celebrating a little bit too much with the sauce for his upcoming wedding, it seems. Ah, uh, yes, to be young. <laughs> Me being in my 30s, halfway through my life. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, and then uh, as, uh, as Chad's kind of being pulled away, there's a person standing behind you. He looks like a shorter Chinese man, but he's wearing western clothes. Uh, he has like a black uh, suit in a red tie, and he's wearing a nice big uh, black hat. He also has a uh, doc a small doctor's bag in his hand. 
Um, and he all, and he seems to have like what looks like a servant standing next to him, who's even shorter than he is. Um, this servant kind of wears like rags over his head. He kind of likes to keep his face hidden. Um, and uh, this this man, he he kind of comes up to you after Chad is pulled away, and he goes, "I couldn't help but hear that you too are a doctor. Uh, what what type of doctor would you happen to be?" Well, well, you know, I uh, I have general interests in all kinds of things. I, I I'm a studier of the anatomy, um, but I also fancy myself to be a bit of an inventor, actually. Oh. That's an interesting proposition. I too would consider myself something along those lines. I, I use uh, traditional medicine herb, herbs and such to create different types of medicines and salves to cure wounds or pot potentially new illnesses or anything like that. We should talk sometime when we're on when we're on the ship. Oh, intriguing! Yes, uh, William Car Cartwright, and I'll reach my hand out to shake his hand. Uh, you can call me Doctor Song, and he he shakes his hand. He makes absolutely no mention of his man, uh, of his uh, manservant that's kind of next to him. Uh, and the servant, as you guys shake hands, he kind of shrinks away just a little bit. Um, <clears throat> and uh, interesting. He, he goes, "Let me uh, let me give you um, my room number, just so that we can have some sort of talk if we choose to do so. We will have ten days to do so, of course." Uh, and he writes on a note and he gives you uh, the room number he'll be staying in. He'll actually be staying on a deck above you. Um, but he still is with is easy enough to get to from your room. Oh, splendid! I look forward to the conversation. Of course, of course. And then, as that happens, you're being loaded on. Um, if you'd like to take a chance to do anything before you enter the boat, uh, just just people watching. People um, watching. Uh, does uh, can I use another psychology check? Does the manservant just seem to be cowed from like a life of? Why don't you roll, um, yeah, you can roll psychology on him, I think. 59. <laughs> Which is one six, under 60, you're good. <laughs> one point, one point, that's close. Nice, so what you gather from this servant, um, there's a couple of things you gather just based on his demeanor and how he interacts with Dr. Song. Um, he is, uh... He does. He seems like he doesn't necessarily 100% understand languages that are being spoken around him, um, which maybe comes across as like he might be a scared immigrant of sorts, uh, and he doesn't want to like give away his his uh, like presence too terribly much. He just kind of wants to remain sort of hidden. Uh, but he also kind of comes off as a little mysterious to you um, because <laughs> you can't really like. Based on what you can see whenever he, like, lets his guard down enough to show you his face, you can't place what ethnicity he is. He seems to be, uh, like, you, you just can't really tell where he's from. He looks like a brand new type of person to you, uh, which is just very interesting to you. I'll have to ask Dr. Soon where he, uh, met his young man servant. <laughs> and, uh, they end up walking onto the boat before you. If you're, if you're doing a little bit more Excellent. people watching... Um, you look around, you can see uh, uh, people loading onto the, uh, the cargo onto the ship. The sailors are kind of yelling at each other as they're doing it. I'd like you to roll uh, spot hidden. That's 18? Okay. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. So uh, basically, because you got like, I, I want to say that's a hard pass, it seems right. Um, it, yeah, 22 the, would be my hard pass. hard pass. Okay, yeah. So you got a hard pass. So you're, you're watching them load things on, and it's actually very interesting to see what's being loaded onto the ship. Because it's not just like you know, food or anything like that. You can see, um, uh, like, three of the latest Ford models are being loaded onto the ship. 
and uh, there's a there's a race car too and another luxury vehicle. Just the the amount of cars that are being shipped onto this boat. Um, you also see like these these uh, sailors getting really like pissed off because they're really trying to get this small herd of 20 dairy cows onto the boat and everything like that. There's a big uh, black box that says organ parts, as in, like, um, uh, that kind yeah. of organ. Musical instrument. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Uh, so, like, the, it's just a whole plethora of different things. There's a truckload of mail bags. Uh, and then one thing you notice as it's being lifted on, because you just talked to him, is there's two things labeled Dr. Sung, and they say Sung really big on them, so S-O-O-N-G. Um, the two things you notice are, one of them says Hawaiian botanical specimens, really big on it, and then fragile underneath it. Um, and then the other one looks like it says funeral supplies. And also a fragile on it, which is, which is strange. Um, so yeah, you see that, and then all of a sudden the, the door to the boat crosses your view, and, and you're now suddenly on the ship. And as you make your way onto the ship, you are escorted by workers to your room. You hear a large horn of the ship as it begins to set sail. In third class, the rooms are two bunk beds with one bathroom with a shower and several closets to store luggage. The rooms are relatively nice, red carpeting with darkened oak wood, uh, a nice warm feel compared to the bay you can see out the one porthole window. In this room, you meet your roommates for, the, for this 10-day voyage. Laying on the top bunk that you'll be staying in is a younger Chinese man who looks a bit rough. There's a light scar running down one of his eyebrows. Um, his hair is done up in a bun. Uh, he wears a nice white suit jacket with all black nice clothes underneath. And he looks a little annoyed right now as he stares up at the ceiling, laying on his bed like this. On the other side of the room, occupying the other bunk, is an older gentleman with a large mustache and a balding comb over. A small chunk of one of his ears appears to be missing. He is currently in a discussion with what seems to be his assistant. Max... You're here now, so tell us about Max Weasel. <laughs> Weasel. Uh, what's he look like, and what are you and Reginald discussing? Uh, Max Weasel's wearing his straw hat, always has a bow tie on, and he's ready for business at any time. Uh, he is a middle-aged man, probably about 40 to 41 years old, a little younger than Reginald. Um, and uh, he's always... Unlike this, he's always clean-shaven, got a sparkle in his eye, and a gleam in his smile. Yep, <laughs> and he's just discussing with Reginald about a new business opportunity he has in China. I tell you what, China, it's going to be big. Going to be big. Cheap labor there, I'm telling you, manufacturing. That's the way to go. Yes, sir. Just give me a little bit down, and once I show you what's going on over there, Reggie, I'll tell you, we're going to make big bucks, Reggie. Big bucks. Well, I insist when we land first, we must uh, first hunt a tiger, per tradition. Oh really yeah, of course, the, of course, right away. Yeah, perhaps after we we get it and make a nice, tasteful rug, we can discuss this uh, investment opportunity. But business first. Oh yes, absolutely, business first. I'm right there with you, Reggie. Business first. Gives him a shot to the shoulder, and shakes his hand. <laughs> uh, as William enters the room, the Chinese man looks up, uh, and he sees. He gives you a nod. Not really wanting to listen to the talk of business on the other side of the room. And he just goes, hey there, you uh, you must be our bunkmate. Uh, I'm Lei. Uh, nice, to, nice to meet you. Oh yes, my name is uh, William. William William Cartwright, nice name. That's, uh, so you, you, uh, he sees your back. You a doctor? Or? Uh, yes, uh, one could describe me such as that. That's good, that's I good. I practice medicine. 
Uh, and then Reginald and and uh, uh, Max, you notice that this conversation has started happening on the other side of the room because it's not a very big room; <laughs> it's like a dorm. And not to not to be impolite, I would uh, quickly introduce myself to the other two gentlemen in the room. That makes sense. Yeah, Reginald Hamilton the Fourth. This is my business associate, Max Wessel. Yes, name's Max. Max Wessel. Nice to meet you, sir. You know what I tell you, sir? I heard your name's uh, Mr. Cartwright. Is that right, Mr. Cartwright? Uh, indeed, that is correct. You know, Mr. Cartwright, I can tell by, by you, you're a man of education. You're a man of, of smarts. You're a man of science, even, as I see there by your bag. Uh, yes, one could say that I'm self-taught. <laughs> self-taught. A self-taught doctor? <laughs> Perhaps. Blade <laughs> just kind of looks at Reginald, and he's like, I mean, that's not... I've, I've had experience with that. <laughs> Yes, I um, I have a I, you know I, I read a book I absorb it so I I took my skills and my general interests and I thought why not apply them? Mm, yeah, well let me tell you, Doc. Uh, let me tell you what you look like a man of fine taste and fine clothing. You know, uh, to kind of help you feed your practice, I want to let you know that you could be in on the ground floor of a very special investment opportunity. Yes, sir. Oh. Oh, yes, sir. Let me tell you all about it. We're going over here to China, and uh, after we slay ourselves a few tigers, I'm about to show you the new means of production right here in China. All you need is to take a small investment, and you'll see your product triple, maybe even quadruple. <clears throat> as uh, as they're talking, uh, as Max kind of uh, as Max kind of talks to uh, William for a little bit, Lay kind of uh, nods to Reginald and kind of motions to him to come to the other side of the room so that they can whisper for a moment. Tip his hat, my hat, and walk towards him. Yeah, you, uh, he he goes and whisper to you, uh, and then he stops for a second and he goes slightly to yes. the other ear because he doesn't want to <laughs> talk into the ear that has the ostrich chip missing from it. He's like, uh, hey. Reginald, do you think we can trust this guy? Like, what do you think? Do you think we should keep our guard up around him? I don't want to rope any more people into this that we have to. I believe the medical professional has to swear an oath of some sort of fealty to the healing arts. I didn't study myself. But I think he's he seems to, well, I think he probably still has the spirit of do no harm and... Okay, well, I'm gonna keep an ear open for him. Uh, he's self-taught, so... I'll keep an ear and a half. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> and, and you guys over here, yes, sir, the art of investment taught to me by my mentor, Charles Ponzi. Yes, sir. Uh, we're here to teach you in all the right ways to, to make your investments to make them worth your while. Is it the inventor of the Ponzi scheme? <laughs> God damn it. Well, uh, and uh, again, Max, is that your name, Max? Max, yes, sir, Max Wessel. Well, that sounds very intriguing, but I, uh, I'm in China because I hear that there are some unexplored medicinal uh, applications that uh, could be discovered. Absolutely, you know, uh, quite, uh, quite a field there, pharmaceuticals. I hear it's on the rise. I hear it's going to be big bucks one day. Well, uh, as I mentioned before, I'm a, a bit of an inventor myself. So perhaps one day you could see, uh, you could market my inventions. Oh, perhaps something fruitful. Uh 
Would you like to see one of my inventions? Uh, just as you go to offer that, you guys hear a knock on the door. Um, and uh, it, it, there's a knock, and then the door opens slightly, and it's one of the, the uh, people who works on the ships, like the ship steward. Uh, mm-hmm. He leans in and he goes, uh, Okay, uh, I would like to uh, hand... Uh, welcome to the SS President Coolidge, the number one in luxury in the United States on your way to China. Uh, we would like to hand these brochures to you. Uh, and he hands a brochure to each one of you. Uh, Lay refuses it. Um, Thank you. And uh, uh, on this uh, brochure, you'll see uh, the events that we have planned for each of the days that you will be with us. Um, and we just wanted to remind everybody that there is going to be a first night dinner uh, starting at about uh, in about two hours. Uh, if if everybody would like to uh, join us for that, it's on the uh, the the third deck. Uh, and he he says be seeing you there and he and he steps in and he shuts the door behind him delightful have either of you been to china before just the once i hunted a uh, a, a pure white clouded cheetah <laughs> i made a nice stole uh and gave it to a bow of mine Oh, yeah, but Reggie, guess what? I guess you can't know which one, huh? Come on, you can't keep track of them, all those ladies. Oh, Reggie. <laughs> He's got I mean, my who's, number. Who, who's the real hunting cat here? I mean, come on, it's you. You're one cool cat, always on the prowl, Reggie. Come on, come on. <laughs> I love you, too. <laughs> all righty. Um, with that, we're going to kind of skip ahead. Uh, the sun starts to go down. Uh, you're now definitely in international waters as the boat has been going. Uh, for a while, and it is time for first night dinner. Um, as as uh, your um, Lay is in the the bathroom of your guys's suite, uh, and he's fixing himself up to look nice for the dinner and everything like that. What are you guys doing to get prepared? I will uh, bring out a fine knife to carve my, I assume, steak dinner. Will uh, polish off my hat a little bit and get ready to go. It's wear your hat to the dinner. <laughs> <laughs> it covers up my comb over. <laughs> yeah. I take a, 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 few pr- a few spritzes of uh, cheap cologne, take a little oil slick, comb my hair back, right? Take a look at my smile, I kind of shine it up a little bit. <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> I pull, I pull out a, a slightly frumpled, uh, you know, tall hat and uh, to complete my suit. And I took the overcoat in the closet, obviously, and unpack most of my bags. But I do carry a small leather bag with me that I don't don't let out of my sight. I bring it with. There you go. Alrighty. Um, and then uh, you would make your way to the dining hall. On your way, you meet uh, Virginia and her fiancé, uh <coughs> Chad, Chad looking a little bit uh, pained in the head um, <laughs> as he's getting over his drinking. Uh, and Virginia waves uh, waves happily to uh, William. But Chad, <coughs> Chad just kind of looks and he just goes, Ugh. I'm walking alongside him and I take a bottle out of my jacket. Now, Chad, I see that yeah, I got everything that cures what ails you right over here. The ultimate hanker cure right over here. This bottle right here, it's got ancient pharmaceuticals all the way from China. 
That's where we're heading. I'm here to pick up more of the stuff. Yes, sir. And uh, just a swig of this in the morning, your headache will be 10 times less intense. I'm not saying there won't be no headache. I can't cure a bad night of drinking. Am I right, Chad? Am Have I right? I met you? <laughs> and Virginia, Virginia just kind of like leans over to him, just like, yeah, we met him after we boarded. He he came by everybody's suite and started pitching everything door to door. <laughs> um, and Chad That's just right. goes, just for two dollars, two dollars a bottle. Chad, right over here, the cure for what ails you. He, uh, Chad looks over to William and he sees the doctor bag and he's like, is it doctor approved? Well, sadly, I have not a chance to evaluate it. I think I'll pass, uh, Absolutely, Mr. maybe not this doctor. I got another doctor right over here. Doctor all the way in New Jersey, right? Doctor in New Jersey. He sells the stuff right out of his office. People won't stop at knocking at his door. Yes, oh, sir. Oh, I don't know about New Jersey. I hear they eat red chowder up there. <laughs> and he, he just, he kind of looks a little sick, and Virginia just goes, uh, we'll, we'll be seeing you at dinner. <laughs> and he, she just kind of takes him along, uh, diverts to the bathroom. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, you continue going up to the dining hall. And you enter the dining hall, it's an absolutely gorgeous display of luxury. Golden crystal chandeliers hang from the high ceiling. Large draping curtains, ballroom-style windows overlooking the ocean, which is now dark, but you can see a little bit out into it thanks to the lights that are shining off the side of the boat. It's really romantic looking. Uh, the wood panel flooring and regal carpets, and large circular tables with silk tablecloths fill the room. Everyone here looks at least middle class to wealthy. The dining hall is only for the guests of the third class and above. Steerage has to eat in their rooms. Uh, as you enter the room, a steward stops you. Uh, hi there. Name and room, please. What does this steward look like? Uh, he's very <laughs> tall and gaunt. <laughs> and he, he, he's always in this pose. <laughs> William Cartwright, room number blah 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 blah. <laughs> room number. Ah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. Uh, follow me this way. Are you? Uh, are you all from the same room? Correct. Perfect. Perfect. Follow me. Uh, and he guides you over to your seat. Uh, everybody starts to sit down and settle. Um, and when you get to your seats at your table, before you have time to look around at whoever else is at your table. The waiter immediately interrupts and says, What will Sir be having for dinner this evening? Uh, oh. Please, not all at once. <laughs> Reginald, you, how about you go first? Steak? A side of pork? Tiny bit of green beans. Absolutely. I've got my own knife. I won't need one. Oh, perfect, sir. Part. Perfect. We'd absolutely love it if you used your own weaponry cutlery here. <laughs> <laughs> and and you, sir, he points to Max. Ah, yes, sir. Uh, this meal's included with the ticket. Am I right? Absolutely. Excellent. In that case, I'll have the lobster as well as the steak. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, double portion. Would sir prefer the Pennsylvania steak? I hear it is decadent. I've uh, never, never been a fan of Pennsylvania myself. No, sir. Okay, the, the normal, the the normal steak it is then. And you, sir? And he goes to William. Uh, I will have a an order of the steak tartare with a side of charlottes. And can you get a zazzarac for me, please? Uh, yes. <laughs> I don't know what that is personally, Dave, but maybe this waiter does. <laughs> Hold on one second, there, waiter. Did you say booze is included? 
Ah, uh, yes, we are in international waters, so prohibition does not matter here. Uh, what would you uh, like? Uh, Everybody at uh, the table case, immediately perks scotch. up. <laughs> yeah, I'll take a scotch, make it a double. Same for my friend right over here, Reginald. Well, I tell you, just take the glass, fill it up, leave the bottle here. Yes, sir, this man, he could drink enough. Do you see the chest hair on this man? Take a look at that. Marvelous. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, uh, one time we were out hunting black panthers in the the fine the fine country of Africa, right? The fine continent over there, and uh, all he had to do was just open up his chest there, blended right in. They thought they were one of him. They fed him just like one of his own young. Yes, sir. Sucked right from the teeth I of that black panther. From the teeth of the panther. That's where I get my unhuman strength. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, the waiter just goes blinks a couple times. And you, sir. <laughs> he goes to Lay, and Lay orders something very simple. Uh, he orders just a, a small bowl of rice and noodles because he just, you know, he he grew up kind of rough and he doesn't want anything fancy. He just wants the, the very basic meal that you can get. And everybody gets their orders, uh, and all of a sudden you hear across the table from you, Business or pleasure? And a man in a blue suit across from you at your table asks, uh, Now that you have time to actually absorb your table... There's a man in a blue suit. I'm not. Cthulhu, after all. Oh no. There's a man in a blue suit, another man in a black tuxedo, a woman in a black dress with a small black hat, an aristocratic looking older gentleman, Chad Peterson and his fiancee, Virginia Ridley, as well as Dr. Song. And the, <laughs> the person who asked business or pleasure is the man in the uh, blue suit. Well, I'll tell you what, sir, if you can't mix business and pleasure, why are you doing either? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, he takes out a cigar from his uh, coat pocket and he begins to light it. Name's Sam! Sam Drummond. Uh, nice to meet you, mister. Ah, uh, the name's Wessel. Max Wessel, nice to meet you there, sir. Maximilian Wessel, and I tell you, that's a fine-smelling cigar you're smoking right over there, sir. Ah, absolutely, it's, uh... <laughs> you, uh, this is a, uh, if you want to roll psychology really quick. Yep, I got, I got me good, got me some good psychology. Um, I pass with a 28. Alright, you can tell that Sam is definitely, uh, a rougher gentleman in his mid-30s, and he doesn't wear, he looks like he doesn't wear soups often, and he reeks of cigars, uh, but he's almost like he's putting on a face. Like, he doesn't... He's not this fancy, but he wants to look like he is. <laughs> so, so, he doesn't look like he has money. All right. Yeah, he's just know. like, ah, uh, Cuban. Yeah, and he takes another puff out of it. Ah, uh, yes, so, Cuban, that's a fine-looking roll there, sir. Fine-looking roll. <laughs> and I, I'll lean over and uh, start uh, discussing with Reginald the potential medicinal benefits of panther milk. <laughs> Well, <laughs> let me tell you, I was feeling we were, it was a heat stroke down there. But once I suckled from that heat, let me tell you, my muscles grew. Max told me I looked 10 years younger. 10 years, at least. Younger. At least. And I felt. Virginia perhaps. across the table is enraptured by this. She's like, wait, where, where have you been? Like, that sounds amazing. Oh, and if you want a little taste of the same benefit, let me tell you, miss this bottle right over here. We brought some of that panther milk back with us. There's 1% panther milk in each one of these bottles. And yes, sir, waking up in the morning, you will feel invigorated. You will feel strong. Show him your chest hair, Reggie. 
Miss, this will not be you, but it could be your husband. Just from you. Yes, you. Having this very bottle right over here. It's you hear that, Chad? You could be as fuzzy as one of those pandas in Africa. And Chad's literally just face down on the table. <laughs> he, he almost looks dead. Like, he just has not reacted at all. <laughs> $2 a bottle. Yes, sir. $2 a bottle. Why don't you just buy him a gift? <laughs> you look oh. like the loving kind. He looks like the kind of man that could use a special present when he wakes up in the morning. And I don't just mean from the missus. Well, we we are on vacation. Um, she goes to get her purse. Uh, and it's a she, vacation! Yeah, as she's rifling through her purse to get money, uh, you see the other woman at the table with the small black hat just kind of looks at, at her and just slightly shakes her head like, oh god, she's falling for this. <laughs> and, uh, and stuff like that. You also see the aristocratic gentleman um, he's just kind of sitting there absorbing the table, like, he's just looking around at everybody. He almost looks like he doesn't care for this nonsense of every- all the drivel at this table with him kind of thing. You, sir, you, sir, look like you use a little pick-me-up. Looks like you can use a bottle yourself, sir. I, well, I'm gonna try and charm this guy into an, buying a bottle, too. You're talking about the aristocratic not, old gentleman? The aristocratic guy, 24, <laughs> I blew it out of the water. That's a 90 for me. That's my 190 skills. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this this older gentleman, um, he kind of looks at you, uh, like, a little mad, and then he looks at Reginald, and he, he just kind of squints his eyes, and he just doesn't respond to anything, and then the food comes... And he just starts eating. Like, he doesn't he doesn't respond to anybody talking to him at the table. And Dr. Sung kind of pipes up, um, and he says, uh, You'll have to forgive him. That is the esteemed, uh, where's his name? <laughs> Senior Gutierrez de Almacan. Um, he definitely, I, uh, it's strange that he's in this class, but he probably thinks he's above all of us. Um, and the, 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 Guti uh, uh, da, Gutierrez de Almacan, yeah, I'll remember that name, that'll be fine. Um, <laughs> he, he spoons some of his, uh, his starting soup into his mouth, and he just kind of, like, squints at everybody and just keeps eating. Does he slurp when he, when he drinks? This is important. Yes. <laughs> um, the, the man in the black tuxedo, uh, leans over, uh, and he, he, he uh, notices William, and he goes, Ah, yes, are you a, uh, um, a doctor? Indeed I am. Oh, that's, that's, that's great. Uh, do you have any um, studying technique? Or, or favorite, favorite books you've read? Or? Uh, yeah, I'll actually, with my photographic memory, proceed to, like, just rapid-fire list off, like, a handful of, like, the most... Uh, detailed omnibus that I've absorbed in my time. <laughs> oh, that's fascinating. That's uh, you, you have quite the the memory. Like I'm, uh, I'm personally in the midst of studying things right now too, and I'm having a heck of a time. I could use some notes from somebody that can help me keep all this up here. I have certain skills, but they don't translate to what I'm learning about. Well, what is your area of interest? Um, uh, it's uh um. It's hard to say. Maybe, maybe I'll tell you later. But uh, it's it's uh, but note taking is note taking, you know. And if you can memorize something as esteemed as what you just rattled off to me, then surely I can take some notes from you. Maybe later in in the cabin or something like that. Well, I'm I'm sure that I could provide some tips, but uh, you know, unfortunately, the God gifted me with. Uh... Well, with a special type of memory. I don't know if it's something I could necessarily pass on, but I'd be happy to uh, give you what for. Ooh. 
curious, curious. Very well. That sounds great. Um, Jimmy and, uh, Fisk, I, I, by I'm the sorry. way. Oh, Jimmy Fisk. Uh, yes, William Cartwright. Nice to meet you, William. Uh, and he le he leans back in his chair and he starts to eat again. Uh, Sam leans uh, forward. Keeper, can I can I roll an appraise check? Sure. On the table, just to see how if anyone here looks rich and well off. Uh, yeah, yeah, go for it. Forty-seven out of fifty-five. I got it. So you you were specifically trying to see like who here at the table has means. Who's got Who's got money? Uh, definitely Senior Gutierrez de Alma, uh, Almacan, um, Doctor Song, um, and uh, oh, speaking of Doctor Song, William, you you notice his manservant is noticeably absent from the table, um, and. I want to say the woman in the black dress, but also Virginia and Chad seem like they're very willing to give up money. <laughs> uh, but yeah, G Ginny sits back, Sam leans forward, and he goes, So, uh, what brings you to China? Uh, vacations, or, uh... Well, I, I plan to go and study the, uh, the, the secrets of their, uh, medicinal trade, I many wonders of the medicines of the East, and I think that uh, could save many lives and, and ease much suffering in, back in the West. Hmm. It's good to know. Uh, and then you see Dr. Sung perk up and he goes, Ah, yes, yes, we should definitely talk about this. Is there a specific thing you would like to know? Because I, being a man of medicine from China, do use Chinese herbs in my practices. Is there a specific, um, is there a specific avenue you'd like to investigate that maybe I can help you with? Well, uh, I would I would like to understand. I, I guess would, the the basis or the foundation of their medicine seems to be quite at odds with the Western medicine. I have also heard of uh, of a certain tincture um, called a Lang opium. I I'm intrigued by it. It's said to maybe perhaps have some kind of medicinal benefits. As you say that, Doctor Sung like visibly changes in mood. Um, and so does Lei at the table, at uh, like sitting across from from you. Uh, both of them kind of look really mad that you just said that. Um, and uh, Doctor Sung goes, "You do not want to look into laying opium." Oh, I'm I'm sorry. Did I did I misspeak? Yes, you should drop any notion of looking into the laying opium now. Do not look into the laying opium. And Leia actually kind of looks a little shocked that Dr. Song is talking like this. Um, and, and, and that's just interesting. <laughs> Can I roll a psychology test to see if I'm figuring out, like, what they're upset about? Uh, sure. Which one? Uh, are you doing it for both of them in general? Or? Uh... Uh, I'm guessing Sung, since he's the one who's, who's verbalizing to me. He's the one me. who's verbal about it, yeah. And Lei has yeah. kind of been grumpy the entire time, so it's hard to tell if this is a different change in mood. <laughs> by, by the skin of my teeth, 58, and my thing is a 60. Yeah, you can tell, um, uh, based on just reading the room uh, of the people who got... Uh, did anybody else perk up at that information, by the way? I think Reginald was kind of like stroking his mustache, like, why did that sound so familiar? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, uh, only reason I perked up, I'm like, Lane cocaine. I wonder if I could sell that. <laughs> so, uh, be, based on who perked up at the table, um, not really. Uh, yeah, uh, you, you you think it might just be um, something to do with people who are from China, 
Like, there's something with the laying opium in China. Like, maybe it's a, a, a hot topic to talk about or there's something illegal about it that they don't want you investigating. But because the uh, two Chinese people at the table perked up really, like, angrily about it, maybe that's something about it. And uh, I will then, in Mandarin, to Dr. Sung, I will apologize profusely. Um, <laughs> I will say that uh, I merely have an academic interest, but if you would like to warn me of the uh, of the opium's dangers, I would uh, appreciate the information. But I will say that in Mandarin. He He noticeably takes a moment. And then he seems to, like, sink back in his chair, like, as if you've diffused the situation. Um, and he goes, uh, he says, I will have to tell you about it in private. Um, this is something we should go over when we talk in our room. And then uh, you see Ginny, he, he just goes, well, it seems everybody just wants the doctor's attention these days. It is a budding profession. <laughs> and, and the moment something goes wrong, the first because is there a doctor in the house? And that's why I and I tap the bag at my the leather bag at my foot as I never leave home without it. Uh, roll, uh, roll, roll appearance. Oh god, thirty six. So everybody, uh, a lot of people at the table laugh at that. Uh, it's it's a I'm, pretty good joke. <laughs> You've successfully diffused the situation. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. Um, and is there anything else people would like to do at dinner? Uh, just, um, I, we don't need to roleplay it uh, to move on, but I'll try and sell a few more bottles of my snake oil around the table. <laughs> you definitely get some off of Virginia. Um, she, she's, you know, she's on vacation. She's got money. She wants to spend it. You told her that it could make her husband better at Love making like yeah. a panther, <laughs> like a panther, and, uh, and so like she's she's all into that and everything, um, and yeah. Uh, so uh, after dinner is over, most people return to their rooms. You guys have an opportunity to do one more thing before bed, or just go to bed. Uh, it's been a long day, and the journey has only begun. When I have a moment, I'll I'll see if uh, I can get to give me a small, uh, just a small sample of his tincture. Oh, of his, of his ointment, yeah. Oh, I'm, what are you going to use it for, Doc? Yeah, yeah, need a cure for what ails you? Well, no, I'm just, I'm a man of science, and I'm interested in to see the active ingredients. Well, absolutely, I'll have to take you back. Uh, this comes from a place all the way out in Virginia. Yes, sir, all the way out in Virginia. It goes through a special processing plant. I'll have to tell you about it sometime. You said it was from New Jersey earlier. <laughs> Every time. That's amazing. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> I rolled spot hidden. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, Mr. William Cartwright, let me tell you, Cartwright, you're the right kind of man for me because I hear you got some inventions, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, let's take a look at a few of those. I hear that you want to make them big. Uh, well, yes, uh, <clears throat> it's primarily the this one is my, what would you call it? It's my magnum opus. So I'll pull out this, this I would guess it's probably about eight to uh, eight to ten inches long. It looks almost like you would imagine a pistol would with a, like an ivory handle. Um, but uh, instead of having a barrel at the end, it's like a rotating thing of uh, stabbing needles. Um, and it's got a little hand crank on the side. You can see several glass vials in the top of it with some kind of uh, em 
what would you call it, uh, ambiguous fluid in them. And as I twist it, you can see like there's a thread going through the, the needles at the end of it. I call it the phlebotomizer. <laughs> well, uh, Dr. Cartwright, I'm going to tell you straight up because I'm a kind of man who likes to deal straight and I deal straight all the time. Yes, sir. And, uh, that's a tough sell. <laughs> <laughs> It can uh, Tell me cure. A little bit about it. What does it do? It can cure almost the uh, the most egregious within uh, within moments. It can uh, alleviate one's pain and suffering, and also uh, sutures the wound simultaneously. Well, it certainly looks like it caused pain. I'll tell you what, there, Doc. Uh, you're gonna have to put a little cover on that, but I think it could be something big. You know, this whole doctor thing, this whole medical uh, medical business, it's going in going bonkers. Yeah, you can All just right, see this like this terrible. Well, they want to talk about health. <laughs> this terrible <laughs> brass contraption with gears. Uh, Reginald, so, so... while while they're doing a, a topic pitch in the <laughs> going back to the uh, the the room, is there anything you'd like to do? Uh, no, I think he'll he'll daughter off to sleep. Yeah, so you would go back to the room too. Yeah, yeah. Alrighty. Um, as you guys are heading back into the room, uh, kind of standing in the hallway, uh, it, most people have. Uh, kind of gone back to bed now and everything. Um, you're on your way back to the room. Um, there's two people kind of talking a little bit down the hall. Um, one of them looks like a person that works on the ship. Uh, and then the other one looks like somebody who's a passenger. They're talking, they look up, they see you, and they walk down the hall more um, to get away from you guys. I will try to listen in using my listen skill. Oh yeah, you're a master listener. Um, uh, yeah, go for it. Roll, roll your listen. That's really bad though. It's a ninety-three. That doesn't do it. Yeah, you know they're they're far too far away from you. Um, but yeah, they definitely just didn't want to be talking around you. Hmm. Well, we should be gentlemen and mind our own business, I suppose. Uh, Lee just that goes lobster into the room. must not agree with him. No, sir, that was some cheap lobster. I tell you what, this <laughs> ship does no service. No, sir. <laughs> Alrighty. So, uh, with that being said, you guys all want to go to bed and wake up next day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Sunday, February 6th, uh, the important events for today as far as the ship's schedule go is that, uh, there's a Sunday mass in the ship's chapel. That, Um, so, uh, who wakes up first and what are your morning routines inside the room before making your way out to the ship? What, what time's the morning chapel service? Uh, it's the Sunday mass in the ship's chapel, so I want to say it's probably going to be around noon because it's the ship and they only really have, like, one of those going, so... I believe Max Weasel, I mean Max Wessel, is going to be there. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Fine, upstanding Christian man. Yes, sir. Everyone knows it. Fine, upstanding businessman. I would, uh, I would wake up uh, and shortly after calisthenics. You know, get the blood flowing in the room. Just so you wake and... up with a morning routine of like exercises. <laughs> exactly, and All I'm right. like in the stereotypical like the the shorts and the like the the man's tank top. You know, like with the. The, the things that hold your socks up because there's no elastic. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That is also exactly what Reginald is going to be doing. <laughs> so so you know yes. what I'm already doing and doing my push-ups. <laughs> Martin Martin Martin's working Keep the blood flowing at this age. You just see in the Lee come out of the bathroom uh, wearing just like a towel <laughs> over his shoulders and a towel around his thing and he's brushing his teeth and he just goes, man, you guys are way too active for right now. <laughs> and he just goes in and he spits in the sink. <laughs> Max Wessel's over in the mirror, he's combing his hair back, he's slicking it back, flicking the oil off, making sure all his little vials, he's stuffing them in his vest. 
you know, he's doing this again. He's got the special polish that he uses on his teeth to make them extra shiny. I want uh, Reginald to roll a listen check while he's doing his morning routine. Uh, I'll spend the, I'll spend three to make it happen. I get cool. fifty-three out of fifty. All right. So uh, as everybody's just kind of doing their usual thing, uh, getting ready for a nice day on the first real day on the uh, the the SS President Coolidge, um, you hear uh, just you can hear a scream come from down the hall. Ah, concerning that someone's having a little morning delight. Oh, well, there is treachery aboard. I heard a scream. A scream? <clears throat> well, I tell you, Mr. Cartwright, it must be that panther milk that we sold yesterday. Yes, sir. It just takes one dose, and all of a sudden, you'll be roaring like a panther. <clears throat> Love making. Yes, sir. <clears throat> just goes, was it more of a roar or a scream? <laughs> What was it? What did it sound like? A scream. <laughs> ah, no, I'm very familiar with the morning delight. This was more of a scream of anguish. The last oh. breath as you drive a dagger into a man's heart. I will immediately uh, grab the, the leather duffel bag with the phlebotomite in it. And I'm like, uh, and I'll say, uh, show me the way <laughs> to, to Reginald. I'll grab a, grab my big knife and... Uh, Maybe a pistol. Uh, I'd say underneath my vest is always my holster with my pistol, and I'm on my way. So you guys have those like hidden on your body? Yeah. Okay. Um. So, uh, you guys are going out to investigate the noise, I assume. Yeah. Uh, what you find uh, when you investigate the scene down the hall is a group of passengers all trying to look over one another at one of the rooms. There seems to be quite a commotion. I'm going to start pushing my way through. I'm like, I'm a doctor. Make room. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, getting closer, you find a shipmate looking into one of the rooms. And you can hear Virginia Ridley sobbing and rambling in fear. Before you can get close enough to investigate, the shipmate stops you in the doorway. Um, whoa, sorry. I, I can't let anyone in there. There's a uh, an issue going on in here, and I would... Ask that we leave this to the proper authorities to investigate. Is anyone need of a medical attention? Uh, he looks over his shoulder and he goes, Uh, do you do therapy? Uh, I dabble. <laughs> uh, there's a chance you might be the best bet at that. I will let you in, doctor. Yes. Yes. And, uh, of course, my associates, in case anything... Uh, you know, untoward arises, and I'll gesture to the, the men behind me. Uh, um, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, roll, um, uh, let's see. What do, you, what do I want you to roll for that? Yeah, roll persuade. Yes, appearance. Absolutely appearance. <laughs> Can I help I him? Uh, sure. Yeah, you're good at that. He's a fast target. <laughs> you definitely sell yourself in this situation pretty well. Sell yourself. Yeah, because that was a 56. Absolutely, yes, sir. Have you, ever, have you ever seen a wild cheetah split up in a man's chest? Well, this man right over here, if you don't know, his name is Reginald. Sir, Reginald right over here. He can stitch up a man in a matter of moments. Matter of moments. And yes, if we're here to calm the situation. I'm also right, performed... You need to take a step back. If anything, you're making this worse, sir. You're making this worse. You need to come see me. Come see me I'm right all... afterwards. I'll, I'll, I'll teach you a lesson a little bit about how to handle a crowd. Yes, sir. I'm also proficient uh... in autopsies. Oh, 
well, all right then. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You, you three can, um, you three can, um, uh, go in. Yeah, you can go in. Okay. And he steps aside. Uh, but as soon as other people try to rush up uh, to like get inside because they just let three people inside, like you can actually see some of the people who were at your table last night, like Sam and Ginny and, and uh, Charlotte are there. Um, they're trying to look in and everything like that. Um, but, uh, I yell uh, to the crowd, everybody calm down. Yes, sir, calm down. If you are feeling any sort of symptoms, any sort of sickness, come to room 316. Yes, sir, Dr. Cartwright will fix you right up. We have tonics. We've got balms. We've got everything to cure your every need right over in room 16. 316, that's it. Write it down. Write it down, sir. I don't see you with a pen. There you are, sir. <laughs> This is fantastic. Now, everyone, please step back. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So, uh, the guy, uh, the, the ship hand lets you in. Uh, inside the nice first-class cabin, you can see a nice queen-sized bed, a large window overlooking the ocean, and much cleaner carpets than in your own room. Uh, you also find a pile of clothes sitting in a chair. It's almost as if someone had them on while they were sitting in the chair, and then simply vanished and left their clothes behind. With the, bleh, with the exception of that, nothing else looks out of place. Although there is a letter on the desk next to the clothes that catches your attention. And the, and the source of the shouting, I thought you, I think something oh, along yes. the lines. Virginia Ridley is in the room and she is crying uh, really, really hard as like, um, uh, she's just sitting on the bed crying. Can I, can I roll a spot hidden check upon entering the room? You certainly can. I'm gonna spend five luck to make that roll. Alrighty. Um, so, uh, again, you notice uh, the, um, uh, what's it called? There's a letter sitting on the desk next to the clothes that are empty. But you also notice slight movement in the clothes. Okay. I, I noticed, the, I, I bumped Reggie on the arm. Reggie, uh, you're, you're a man, a man that's one with the beast, so they say. Uh, I have a feeling there's a little something moving underneath those clothes over there, sir. Well, take a look. I'll pull out my gun and my knife. <laughs> Virginia looks up. <laughs> She's like, "What is? What is happening? What do you got?" We're hunting the beast. They, they let you. Ma'am, I'm gonna need you to calm down. We're trained professionals over here. Yes, sir. I understand that you're under distress. Come on over here. Let me take care of you. And I. Okay. <laughs> and I'll say. I'll say. Uh, uh, Virginia, where's Chad? <laughs> she just starts bawling, and she points to the clothes sitting in the chair. So, uh, Reginald said he was going to investigate the clothes. As you do, oh, thank you, you. you see... Uh, and I kind of escorted her to the corner of the room. Yeah, yeah. So, Virginia's in one corner of the room. Reginald's going over here. Uh, William's kind of with Max and Virginia as they're kind of trying to figure out what's going on in this situation. So, uh, as that happens, uh, uh, Reginald, you notice, like, slight movement underneath the clothes. I will use my knife, like, backhand to try to prop up the clothes, gun, pistol pointed. As you do, you lift up the clothes, and from underneath the fold in the clothes, a big roach just, like, flies out and gets right in your face, and then hits the floor, and runs away and crawls into a, a, a crack in the floor. And there's a couple other roaches that slowly kind of fall out in a centipede, too. Uh, slowly I thought turn we were... around to the woman. I, was, I thought we were in a finer establishment than this. <laughs> Nobody who works on the ship heard that. <laughs> Virginia's crying, um, and and there's a letter on the table. Those are the two things that are going on. Who wants to do what? 
I, I, I'll ask Virginia. Uh, Miss Virginia, tell me a little bit about Chad. What's going on? Did he have any of the panther milk? <laughs> he, he, she looks up at a little bit of a realization. You, did you do this to him? And she stands up I, and she grabs you by the, what did the panther milk do? What was it supposed to do? I need you to calm down, miss. I need you to calm down. Just take a deep breath in and breathe out. If anything, the panther milk made him so swift that he was able to jump out of the room. But doesn't appear to be the case. This has never occurred in any of our clinical trials in any of our uh, FDA, I don't know if that exists right now, approved. <laughs> no, nope, it did not exist back then. One of these days I'm going to invent a federal bureau. Our doctor approved, I tell you what, you know, we've been selling this for a long time in Florida and we haven't seen anything like this in the 10 years that we've been distributing in the state, fine state of Florida. Now, miss, I need you to tell me a little bit about what's happened to Mr. Chad I, over here. She sits, she kind of sits against the wall and sits down on her butt. And she's just like, I went, I went to go get a little bit of ice for the, for our ice box. And I was only gone for so long, but I came back and Chad's clothes were sitting in the chair. And, and there's a note, he left a note and he, she just starts crying again. And Reggie. how long were you gone, miss? You need to be a little more specific than that. Well, the boat's very big and the icebox is very far away, so maybe 15 minutes? Hmm. I'm going to give you the note because you're kind of over there okay. anyway. And tell me a little bit about your relationship, miss. Did he seem unhappy in anything, any way? He... I mean, he was always kind of a drunk. Um, uh, hmm. he... I he, witnessed that firsthand. Yeah, good old Chad. Oh no! <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna start mixing her up a little thing to help calm her nerves. Mm -hmm. Uh, roll medicine. Well, first roll science medicine to see if you know exactly which thing you want to make for her. Sweet. Hope I don't kill her. <laughs> you made rat poison. Oh God. Uh, that is a 42 out of 70. Okay, so you, you know the perfect tonic that would probably work to calm her nerves. Uh, I'm, like, so... just trying to take the edge off, not, like, knock her out. Exactly, yeah. So <laughs> roll uh, roll medicine now <laughs> to see if you make it correctly and make a right dosage for her. And I'm going to try to make it taste ap uh, appealing as well. Oh, yeah, that'll perk her right up. Make it taste like puma milk. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Spice 57 of out of 80. Blew it out of the water. All right, so, yeah, you make something perfect for her and you hand it to her. Drink this, miss. It'll uh, it'll help calm the nerves. Okay. okay. And she trusts you because you're a doctor. Um, Trust me, she, I'm a doctor. She takes a sip. <laughs> I'm a doctor. She she takes the shot of it and she just kind of like, Whew. okay, yes, yes, just yeah. Um, uh, Ty, have and you I'll, read the note? I'll keep. Yeah, I was gonna I, say I keep distracting her in efforts for to let Reginald continue to search. Yeah, yeah. By saying yeah. things. I'll, he'll read it and then pass it to, well, he would pass it to uh, uh, Victor, or Victor Williams, he's free, and then he would, at some point, show it to Max, too, when he's free. It says, my life has been built, uh, has been a lie built on my father's money. Despite my outward seeming, I am a hollow millionaire. Without money, I know myself inadequate to make what I wanted with my life. Farewell, world, I go to a better place. Chad. I, I don't know... I, I mean, I knew he was a drunk, but I don't know if he was doing it because he hated us in our life. We were about to get married. I, I, I didn't think he'd... I don't think he'd... He, she just starts kind of crying again, but it's not as hard as it used to be thanks to the medicine kind of starting to kick in. Mm -hmm. I didn't think he'd kill himself. 
Well, it's, uh, I would say it's too early to jump to conclusions. There's clearly not a body, uh, unless he chose to jump off the ship. <laughs> she, she goes to look at the window. You know, it was open a crack when I came in. Oh, God, oh, you don't my. think... Oh, no, probably, he's probably downstairs sleeping one off. Maybe he wouldn't take a Bloody Mary from the, from the, uh... Whatever that area is called that I blanks on a ship where they have food. The Bar? galley. <laughs> the galley. <laughs> I, I will I will pick up the clothes and take a, a deep, deep sniff and I will try to track him. All oh right. god. Uh I don't what do you think you'd roll for track. that? Tra track is an ability. Oh yeah, Tracking, is that a yeah. new one for this? But I'd say I have it too, so Yeah, go ahead, roll it. Master Hunter. Yep, sixty three out of seventy. All right, you definitely smell like it goes out the window. Mm. <laughs> 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 uh oh! <laughs> his nostrils like just flaring like crazy. Just like, I think he's being pretty obvious about it, but he's also like looking at Max trying to you like. See, you see <laughs> Virginia? She's like kind of soothed a little bit thanks to the medicine kicking in. She's going down to the. Bar to get a Bloody Mary without his uh, clothes. <laughs> you know, that yeah, actually does he, sound he like Chad. Anywhere. Yeah. Especially if it was hopped up on panther milk. I'll have to. Absolutely. It must I'll... be that natural instinct. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm overreacting. All it's... of the wild. That's gotta be it. That's gotta be it. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to tell, I'll have to tell the people, who, uh, the ship hands, to see if they can keep an eye out for apparently my naked fiancé. Oh god, this is that's, so embarrassing. She calls for right, the guy uh, at the uh, door. Miss, right before you call for any gentleman, uh, just let me let me know quickly. As you can see, money has obviously driven this man to madness. <laughs> There's uh, no sense of self, no sense of security. Uh, looks like you didn't have a good investment broker, Miss. If I could please take the burden off of you, of these millions of dollars, and uh, use it to care for you, millions. use it to help you, uh, to care for you. <laughs> Uh, like you're gonna have to roll an extreme like persuade. A man well trained by, man well trained by Charles Ponzi uh, to make take anything and multiply it by fifty percent. <laughs> I'd say uh, uh, roll an extreme. No, roll hard persuade because you are a good salesman. So it wouldn't be yeah. an extreme persuade. You'd have a little bit of an advantage. <laughs> I just rolled a thirty-eight. <laughs> uh, I want to say thirty-eight out of ninety. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I want to say that you, she's like, I'll, I'll have Chad write, you're absolutely correct, I'll convince Chad when I see him next to, to write you a check for this. Oh, miss, miss, you know, you obviously what happened, I believe that maybe it should be you. I mean, uh, I, He's obviously handed all these finances to you in this letter, yes, miss, uh, we, why don't you come meet me in my room, room 316, uh, yes, miss, room 316, I don't see we, you with a pen, go ahead and write that down, miss, right there. Go ahead and write that down. I mean, we aren't married yet, so this isn't. I mean, I'm gonna have to. We're gonna have to find him and marry him. Both yeah. of us. <laughs> Miss, I'll work out all the details for you. You don't worry about that. Right? As, don't worry uh, about that. I got the finest train in the world. His name's Charles Ponzi. Yes, ma'am. I'll be right there for you. I'm here to take care of you, man. All right. And <laughs> right as. Uh, don't, need as... To <laughs> don't need to talk back. I just need you to agree. Just let me take care of you, Miss. You look like you're in distress. <laughs> agree. Say yes. Do it. <laughs> Uh, as you guys are talking, you hear uh, somebody walk down the hall and part the ground, and he goes, "What? What is? What's going on here?" And it sounds like somebody else who works on the ship. And he he comes up to the guy that's standing at the door, um, and he says, "Albert, what are, what are you doing here? You shouldn't be here. Uh, never mind. What's the situation?" And they start to talk to each other. 
Um, uh, Reginald, why don't you roll listen? 33, I passed. You passed? Okay, so mm -hmm. you hear the two uh, ship hands talking to each other, uh, and you hear the new crew member who just walked up right, uh, not Albert, so the other guy was Albert, and then some new person came up, and he says, Have you seen Martin Dungus? Martin D The purser. Have you seen the purser? No? Damn, we've been looking all over for him. He's been missing for a little while now. Um, and then, uh, as he, and then he says, never mind. All right, everyone disperse. What's happening here is a private manner. No one is under any threat of any kind, so I kindly ask you to go about your days. Uh, the chapel is open on, for Sunday mass if you'd like some comfort. Uh, and then he shoos everybody away and you see the crowd. Uh, some of them verbally sigh because they wanted something interesting like that to happen, but now they're being shooed away from it. But the rest of them, um... Uh, just start to disperse and then go about their day on the ship. Some of them were still in their PJs, so they returned to their rooms to go get dressed and everything. And yeah, 